Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood for BF Goodrich Tyres. Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres and Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for and for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions? Wherever you are listening this morning, this is Real Adventures. I'm Patrick Dangefield. Next to me, Aaron Habgood. Good morning, Redmond. Good morning, Patrick. It's uh, been a very tough week this week in the old fishing and weather. And Well, the weather's improving. You, you... Sort of. <laughs> well, compared to last week, it's definitely yes, it on is. the improve. It so is. we can't complain compared to last week. Speaking of weather from last week, I'm not sure if you had seen a new floating reef in Port Phillip Bay. No, I haven't. Frankston Pier. (laughs) Sorry, yes, yes, yes. It broke. (laughs) It got broke. Did you see the reporter that tried to um, to, jump on it and top to do a report? That could be a... Let's explain that picture a bit. That could be a loose loose gaff. So basically the weather had gotten so terrible that... um, Big south-southwesterly, so it wasn't quite west... So it's come south southwest and south southwest, bit a lot more, probably more west, but not quite. So it wasn't coming across; it was coming up a little bit, which a lot of the time those big westerlies hammer the Mornington Peninsula side, and um, it was coming on that slight angle. And poor old Frankston Pier, you gone copped a flogging. Well, my my uh, my old stomping ground, West Beach Boat Ramp in Adelaide. That uh, <laughs> every time there's a storm, that just seems to be destroyed. I'm not breaks sure. or floats away. No, just breaks. Breaks. Yeah, it's a, it's the floating pylons, like the um, the big plastic yeah, ones. Yeah. No, no, God. Terrible. Well, this poor pier copped it, and it ended up on the beach. Oh, I saw a funny thing on Facebook. Someone said, um, "Frankston Pier heading northbound in Port Phillip Bay." <laughs> so I liked that. I thought that was good. But anyway, it got washed up, and then it got um, pushed onto the beach. Of, I don't know how far down. Then a news reporter went down to report. Um, report it, and he jumped off the sand. What do you land. think I just said before? No, no, but I'm painting the picture better. Oh, so sorry. people, <laughs> you explained it, but no, he literally jumped from the sand. But how wood? You got wood on piers. What happens when wood on water? It gets really, really slippery. And this reporter literally hit it and went. Well, do you think that? Um, do you reckon he's got any clue about that sort of thing? We had a suit on with shoes. There was raining on the beach. I'm going to go with no. <laughs> um, Dan Andrews, he's one of your favourites now. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I just think he's doing a great job. I reckon that whole government is doing a great, for, I'm not talking about anything else in the country, because I'm not really interested in much, but the fishing side <laughs> You're of it. You're talking about fishing. Well, he put up a post earlier in the week. Yep. Uh, so the, the, the votes are in, the people have spoken. Warnable, um, Lady Bay, was recently uh, voted as the worst 
boat ramp in the state. The worst. So they've decided they're going to fix it. We've spoken about this before because we, we had heard word around the spending of it and how much they're going to allocate for it. My thing is, if we're going to, if the, the government's going to do it, make sure you spend a good amount on it and you don't just... You know, you're not putting a band-aid fix over a boat ramp that yep, needs that's significant right. investment in it. So. Well, I don't know if you've seen, but it took it took um it took a couple of lives of the boat of cars last uh well one not long ago, one <laughs> prior to that, one of the Utes. Because what happens there? Picture the surge comes in around the brake so-called brake wall, comes in. I was going to say brake wall. That's or... why I didn't know what to say. What I was like, brake. It's wall? not a brake wall. <laughs> the the Warnable crew will kill me for saying that because it's not a brake wall. Surge comes up literally. Sometimes ten meters. Yeah, it's. I'm not exaggerating. I'm trying to nah, it put is it in. significant. It's and it, when it comes up, what it does is it um, obviously you back your car and you think your car's at the right depth, and it just swallows your car and there it goes, um, it's gone. But something else that our good mate Daniel Andrews has done under that photo that you're reading. Well, he's your there, good mate. I, 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 good I look into politics a little mate. deeper than just fishing. <laughs> but um, he's announced that all boat ramps will be free by spring. Now, do you know why I'm saying this every week on, on our radio show? Is because every Because if it's I, not, then oh, you're going to drill them or... No, no, because everywhere I go, even on Salt Guide and Red pages on social media, every second question I get is, when are the boat ramps free? So, Daniel Andrews announced, spring comes, hopefully every boat ramp will be free in Victoria. Now, Redmond, uh, AFTA, do you know what it stands for? No. <laughs> The Australian Fishing Trade Association. Now, there's a very big uh, meeting that happens every year um, and you see all the different new products in in regards to to fishing. We've actually recorded this show during the week because I'm actually heading to AFTA. I'm I'm spending the Saturday and Sunday up there. Um, But for the first time this year, uh, AFTA has actually opened its doors. So the country's leading tackle trade event is now open um, for everyday punters. Adults, 10 bucks. Kids under 15 are free. Yep. Um, and you can see all the latest gear when it comes to, to lures and tech. Um, are you looking forward to heading there? Yeah, I am. It's going to be... I actually, I actually am. Um, and so we'll I'm, get a proper re- uh, that's report I'll, from you next week I'll cover in it regards all. to it. So I'm flying out to the Gold Coast on Friday, um, and then I'll get there. And uh, basically, I'm on the Frogley's offshore stand, uh, stand up there, but I'm going to have a good look at everything. Uh, it interests me. It's something that... It's a bit like the Melbourne Boat Show, but this is... Just fishing tackle, so it's not boats; it's fishing, and that's what I—that's where my passion is. You're, you like your boating industry. I do like my boating, but that's your—you love the Melbourne Boat Show. I think this will be my sort of side of it, the fishing show. And all what it is is all these new companies and everything uh, comes into play. Um, they go there and they they put into play all their new products, yep. so you get to see all the new releases on everything. Like a few years ago, remember that little chase bait squid that they bought out? Yeah, the soft plastics that is, is yeah, the thing that amazes me. Just the creations that they're having at the moment, um, making things so realistic and. Oh, first time I've ever been there, and all your tackle store owners, like Paul Worsling's up there, and they have Tackle Store of the Year, and Paul, I know he's done really well over the last few years, but all the tackle guys get up there, and they try and buy all their stuff at, I guess, as cheap as they could possibly buy it for the years to come, or year to come. So it's, um yeah, it's at the Gold Coast. I don't know what I'm going to get up to on Saturday night at the Gold Coast, Patrick. It's going to be a bit of fun. You've got to be careful on the Gold Coast on a Saturday night. I actually, um, are we flying? I think I'm actually flying back early, so... Quite not. Yeah, it'd be quite not. Maybe Friday night. Your week in fishing, Redmond. Yes, it's one of those weeks where... Um, it's a tough time of the year. Yeah, it's probably the t- the toughest time to fish in Port Phillip Bay. And uh, offshore's sort of stock standard, but Pat 
Tell you guess what the water temperature was. Now, I haven't told you this. Tell you guess what the water temperature was fishing the whiting during the week. 14. 10.4 degrees. You're kidding me. And that's the bottom end of the bay. That's my <laughs> end of the bay. So what I, I usually talk about the whiting coming in with that warmer water from the ocean. The ocean's still 13, but you're not... The bay's creeping down. Like, it's really, 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 really cold. <laughs> like, it's as cold as I reckon I've ever seen it, to be honest with you. Has that... That was, does, does that global warming come into play there? Well, it's not actually... It's climate change. Climate, so yeah. it can be both cold and hot. That's why Donald Trump's a bit of a peanut, because when he talks about, oh, it's the, it's the coldest day ever. Climate change is a myth, or global warming is a myth. Well, it's climate change, you dick. Anyway, <laughs> um, but your fishing hasn't been yeah, great. Well, no, it wasn't that good, um, to be honest. It was... If you're not going to fish, now's the time. It's freezing cold out there, Pat. Yeah. Like, it's gone past cold. Um if I was fishing, I'd just be concentrating more on your offshore. St. Leonard, like I said the other week, um, the whiting are still there in small... So the numbers are small whiting there. I don't think it's really worth catching them. Uh, they're 28 to 32 centimetres. They've got no meat on them. They're seriously like garfish. Massive, like they're yeah. really... I just don't... I let them one sort of be. Uh, bottom end of the bay... Because we had the full moon too on Thursday. So that really played a part. You're going to have days where it does come good, but consistency-wise, it's not that good. Gummy fishing offshore is good. I, uh, they're, they're plentiful still offshore. Portland barrel tuna, are they ever going to stop? I don't think they are. They're, <laughs> it's one of those Do you things- think they're there all year round? Because like, a nah. lot of the... Well, when we speak to, to a few of... Um, and Dave Ballinger's one from, from Marlow. Yes. Um, bait and tackle, he talks around. The, the kingfish, he thinks, are, are there most of the year. It's just you the know, they're biting tuna. more different stages. The difference with tuna is um, the... Um, They've got to eat, like, they've got to eat, I think it's third of their body weight a day or something. So, 100 kilo fish. They're constantly moving. Is, yeah. yeah, they're constantly eating. I don't think they're there. I think they go to Indonesia to do their spawning from what I know. Um, but they're feeding like crazy. Boys had three four-way hookups during the week when they could get out. The weather was a bit um, ordinary, but the fish are still there. School tuna are not there. I, they, the boys reckon they didn't see any anywhere. So, I don't think they'd be there in the numbers that they, they will be. But then you'll get your summer run of school bluefin, which is your 25 to 35 kilo bluefin that are yep. sunning around Portland. And then the kingfish, they'll come early spring uh, into the summer. But then the yellowfin tuna on the east coast, my... Phew, they just keep keep on going and going on, um, right? But they're from they're not just in one place above Sydney, right down to Ulladulla, Pat. Like it's they're spread out, so it's crazy. It's great to see that they're back. I saw some great reports, and this is on a touchy subject, but some great snapper being caught in South Australia again as well. So the whole the coast is fishing well now. Salmon as well, Pat. The Australian salmon, they're they're. I reckon this is the best surf fishing year I reckon I've seen. If, yep. Would you agree? I know that you aren't doing as much because you're building the new place and you're staying in town a bit more, but it's you're not doing as much as you were, but you've had reports. Every time I'm home, yeah, that there is hundreds of fishermen across the stretch from Torquay right through to Law. Well, I'm going to ask you because I know you do this a lot more than myself, and I've done a few trips and had some good success this year, but what setups are you using to go catch this, I'm going to call it fresh bait, Australian salmon, because they are probably the most sought-after bait for anglers, and it's hard to find them in the bay this time of year. There are a few patches in random places, but how would you go targeting them on the surf beaches? Still use squid, but we always, whether you're, if you're from South Australia, using cockles. If you're from uh, Victoria, you're calling them pippies, um, and just um, winding them on together. So you're using bait as well as lures? Yeah, very rarely lures for snapper. But if I'm going salmon, it's always, always Lewis. Yeah, yeah. and um, 
Yeah, sorry, I meant the salmon. Sorry, sorry. Not, yeah, yeah, always. Yeah, I get bored. Yeah, you get bored fishing with bait off Pil- the beach. If you're going to use pilchards off the beach, a uh, pilchards off the beach too. You know, something really good to do is run a, a um like a, a extended pat noster, but two hooks. So run a double rig. So what you want to do is because your pillies can get washed off early. So if you've got a bit of squid or a pilly on there. Above it, you put a surf popper. Have you seen those? Yeah. Yeah, and they catch a lot of Australian salmon. So that um, that also works really well as well. Uh, Redmond, uh, Evanrude has expanded their e-tech range. We always love to give a little bit of uh, tech updates on what's happening you in do. The, uh, the marine <laughs> space. So just a quick one before we go to the break. Evanrude, they've expanded their e-tech G2 product line to include the 115, 140, and 150 horsepower uh, models. Interestingly enough, um, and what's something that we sort of – talk about constantly and you have your scepticism around it um, but there is no break-in periods no dealer schedule maintenance for five years or 500 hours with a five-year factory back service coverage and no no oil changes ever no comment it's astonishing what they what they do offer no comment um, so <laughs> interesting that they have uh, they've up the g2 range which is good to see to give uh I think anglers and another option if you're not interested in four strokes or you want that stroke. top end, um, that top end speed, what, what then you th- can get that. What's your the opinion on the, like this? Is a big part of um, anyone buying a boat is the look of an e-tech. Um, well, they are different. Certainly, the way that um, Americans design their tech isn't always how I like things. Mercury have gone down a similar path, I think, but. The thing I don't like about the the, the e it's it's there's a lot of removable covers, so you can mm. change the colour. So some people love that, and that speaks to the American industry. I don't like it as much, but I suppose it's the way of the future. So it's just what it is. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure to join in the conversation. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. It's time for all aboard. Thanks to Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Whether you're on the road or out at sea, Dometic has you covered. Our special guest is the skipper of Perth Super Yachts, or Super Yachts Perth, rather, Luke Thompson. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Paddy. How are you? Going well. Now, uh, we no, went... I'm going to pull you up for a sec. What? A couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I was about to no, get into that. No, I'm A couple of weeks ago, you headed over to the West. I did. To go play football against Fremantle. Yep. And now I've found the culprit on why you lost <laughs> the game and made me lose a couple of multi-bets I did and I was... Um, Gamble responsibly, of course. Sorry, I'll, pa- I'll pass it back on to you. Well, I, no, we did. <laughs> I headed over to the West and uh, got in touch with, uh, with Luke and we headed out on... The, the guys have got a, uh, a Nyad 10-metre, which is an incredible boat. Yep. We had a, a great trip around uh, Rottnest. But um, it's been a pretty interesting journey for you, Luke. Before we get into um, what Super Yachts Perth is, can you take us a step back and, and talk through us your sort of fishing history? Uh, my fishing history? So I've pretty much been on boats uh, ever since I left school could even get on a boat. Um, left school and did six years in the commercial fishing industry, did a couple of years on longliners, tuna and swordfish, and then got into the crayfishing side of things with the Western Rock Lobster. And then uh, from there, ventured overseas, did about six years on the white boats on the yachts overseas, and came back to Perth in 2010 and continued on the white boats. 
Now, Super Yachts Perth in itself, um, it's a really interesting business. Basically, um, it's a charter yacht company. Um, you'll skip of the boats and you travel through uh, right throughout um, really interesting places, right throughout the west and the top of Australia. Um, some of the places that you do uh, venture to, can you talk us through those? Yeah, sure. So we're a luxury private yacht charter company, which we specialise on the west coast of Australia in particular. Some of the main places we visit are the Abrolhos Islands, Rottnest, uh, Coral Bay, and the Kimberley. Specialise in the Kimberleys, which is amazing. So the Kimberleys in itself is one of the most rugged and remote places in the country. It's quite incredible, really, and to do it in the luxury that you would obviously provide, uh, it's unique in itself. Yeah, sure. Once again, it's, uh, it's a private charter, so. You're getting basically a seven-star hotel in the water, um, a specially guided tour, uh, with extensive knowledge and fishing knowledge as well. Well, Lukey, that's what I was about to ask you. How often do you get to throw the old uh, the old bait in the water and catch a few fish? Because you're going to some, <laughs> some of the best fishing places in the world. Yeah, well, we've certainly always got to do a bit of research and development for those uh, things, but uh, we try and get out there as much as possible and. A lot of our guests that come on board, even if they're not into fishing initially, um, they usually end up wetting a line and take quite a liking to it. So, um, plus it's such a remote, beautiful part of the world that uh, it makes it a lot more interesting experience as well. So, Luke, what um, what trips do you do? Is it uh, just day trips or is it two-day trips, three-day trips or week trips? Like, What do you actually offer um, at Super Yachts Perth? We try and do, um, I mean, you kind of need at least a minimum four or five days in the Kimberley, if not a minimum a week. Uh, we do do day trips and shorter weekend stuff out of Perth and the Abrolhos Islands. But um, generally, if you want to get a really good experience and make sure you get a, a bit of good weather and a bit of mix of everything, uh, we try and get our clients on board for at least a week. I can see why the cats But we can do up. up to two or three weeks if not like it. Can I understand why the boys didn't show up a few weeks ago, uh, Luke? Very funny. <laughs> Talk us through the, uh, yeah. the the flagship, Paradise. Luke, it's an incredible vessel um, and really you can take it literally all over the world. Yeah, you certainly can. So Paradise is a 34-metre motor yacht which is built by Horizon Yachts. It's got five cabins, all with ensuite and uh, three crew cabins with two bathrooms as well. So it's got a couple of different levels, some uh, awesome entertaining areas and lots of space to uh get a decent look out at all the amazing places you can go with it. So for those that aren't interested in something at that spec and at that level, but they're, they're looking for that day trip around Perth, um, in terms of the, the, the charter that you operate, um, you can just do day trips, can't you? Because you've got a few different, um, different boats you can take out. You can take them out. I think with, it's up to 10 or 12 people, um, and, and you'll charter um, and deliver a service basically on what the customer would like. Yeah, absolutely. In every trip, uh, we tailor it to what the client's looking for to get out of the day, whether it's just a couple that want to do something um, on their own and privately or whether it's a couple of groups or families or even corporates that are looking to do something a little bit different. Um, we're pretty lucky here in Perth with the Swan River that gives us plenty of uh, options, plus Rottnest as well. So anything at all, we can, um, we can accommodate you guys. Luke, coming from someone who drives boats regularly, um, you're driving not so much boats, more yachts, a lot bigger crafts. 
How do you find technology in, uh, is coming into play with driving these real big vessels, um, having controls in your hand right through to um, obviously your thrusters and everything? Is it getting easier and easier to drive these big boats or is it purely still, uh, obviously the skills involved, but technology is assisting massively? Yeah, look, with our um, big boat, we're pretty basic with the uh, forward thruster and aft thruster and, and two engines. So we haven't quite got uh, docking technology which parks the boat. I know there are some boats that uh, come into play, especially around 50, 60, 70 footers where the owner-operators can uh, drive themselves. And, you know, there's different um, drives like the Azipods and, um, that make docking a lot easier. Talk us through your favourite destination that you've been on. Um, no, that's a bit of a difficult question. Maybe the, <laughs> the, the top two to three destinations that you've been that you think are just one of those bucket list items that people need to go and see. Uh, look, there's some pretty amazing places. There's some awesome destinations all the way along the West Australian coast, which are uh, pretty isolated. But going uh, international-wise, some of my favourite places have been um, southeast Alaska, the Galapagos Islands, and um, the last couple of years we've spent a bit of time in Rajarampart, which is in West Papua, uh, still part of Indonesia, but that is a, a really stunning part of the world with some incredible diving and scenery. Obviously, um, for most people, if they are going to organise a charter, they'll meet you at the destination that you're going to go to, so you would get the, the crew and you'd basically uh, you know, sail on up there. Um, does it give you time to, to get the, the fishing in before they get there just to sort of um, assess sort of what's fishing well around different locations? Because that would be a bit of fun in itself. Yeah, it certainly is. And we're always trying to find new places as well. But it certainly helps when you've got fresh fish on board ready to go right from the start in case you don't get a, an opportunity to get out there and, and catch some fish in the first couple of days. Um, plus, your guests aren't always super keen to go fishing straight away, but um, usually they come around. I could see you doing that, Aaron. I reckon you'd enjoy yourself. <laughs> on a, me on a super yacht? Yeah, I reckon. You're not fit in? <laughs> Luke, a bit of really, work <laughs> a bit of, Exactly right. Um, really appreciate your time this morning talking about Super Yachts Perth. If you want more information on Super Yachts Perth, you can visit their website, www.superyachtsperth.com.au. They're at 14 Muse Road, Fremantle, Western Australia. As I said, Redmond, spent a day out there with the guys. Well, I'll be deleting... Sensational lot, Rotto. I'll be deleting Luke's number out of your phone prior to any West Coast Fremantle <laughs> games, and uh, we'll be fine. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we're happy to take out any of to uh, them playing West Coast. I was going to say, he's a West Coast supporter, so you've got to be careful. Well, he was looking after the ladder a little bit there, I think. <laughs> Thanks, Lukey. Thanks, Luke. Thanks for having us, guys. That was all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Now it's time for Reg Review for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. For store locations, visit thirstycamel.com.au or ask Aaron because he knows just about every one of them. Redmond. All on the coast. There's a couple of thirsty camels. Um, This week we are going to review, I think, one of the most practical, um, convenient items in the I'm going to say fishing market or boating industry. Couldn't agree more with you. It's a boat catch. It is the brand boat catch. Um, You and I both use them. And for those that don't know um, what it is, Redmond, in layman's term and and as simple as you can possibly explain it, um, it's a hook basically that that is an extra um, safety element compared to your winch. Is that about right? Yeah, and like, yeah, you're about right. so what it is is you can get two sizes in them, and they um, the first one 
I'm going to be straight up here first. We'll start off with the price. You know what I'm going to say? Is they are expensive, Pat. They are expensive. But for what you pay... We're I in the boating think- industry, mate. <laughs> it, it boats there to bring out another thousand. Well, nearly another thousand. So for a small unit, I'm going to talk about what, what it is, is around $600. Now, they suit boats up to about six metres. And then your large boat catches nearly 850 bucks. So they are expensive, and you can, but it's worth every dollar. Now, what you said, it, you got your trailer. In my case, I have the Dumbia trailer, and it brackets straight on to the um, the the front. What would you call that arm that sticks up? Um, what would you call that arm, Patrick? I'm not really sure. It's basically... Oh, man, see, what's that arm on a trailer called? The one that sticks up? <laughs> the winch post. That's a better name. <laughs> well, it goes onto there. <laughs> We're going all right. How yeah, good are we going? <laughs> it, bracket, it brackets onto that. And then on your boat... <laughs> Sorry. You're meant on. to be the smart one that comes in and hangs it on me. I you're thought only... you were going to be organised. Oh, well, I didn't... Go on. Sorry. I'm going to tell you... We're going to Google it after this. Keep going. It brackets... Now you've lost me. So it brackets onto the front of your trailer. Yeah, front of the trailer. And then you've got a weld that goes onto the boat, and it's sort of like a... Um, a I'll call it like a um, shackle, I guess. It sticks out the front. As you drive your boat up, it has a uh, pin that injects... So as the boat comes up, the catch knocks the pin and engages it in to catch your boat. So you don't have to get out of your boat to go winch yourself on, then jump back in the boat to, um, well, as you drive your trailer on, it catches it. And then if you don't, sorry, if you don't have the boat catch, what it does is you then have to jump out, leave the boat in gear to hold the boat on the trailer, jump out, hook the winch on, wind it up, jump back into the boat, turn the boat off, jump back in. And the ramps these days, like I was at Sorrento during the week and I was actually filming uh, how to use them and hence why this has come up. And, it's at Sorrento Ramp. There's nothing to get out of your boat onto. Queenscliff, you can get out of your boat onto the pier. You can yeah, park close enough. Yeah. 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 Sorrento, there's nothing. So you've actually got to, for an older bloke, you've actually got to walk around the front of your boat. And this is why a lot of older people winch their boats on so they don't have to climb in and out of boats. And it's also stressful as well. And, and people panic at boat ramps during the summer, trying to get yep. their boats on and off trailers. As quickly as they can because yep. people are watching. And there's hundreds of people at ramps at times. Yep. And when you're driving, and when you want to release it, there's a rope. Attaches to the front of the boat, uh, sorry, front to the um, sorry to the, uh, boat, the boat catch cache. itself. The, the the pin. What you do is you, you drive. So you're back in the boat. You have got the rope in your hand. It runs all the way down. Just a thin rope. You're in the boat. You drive up. You take the weight off the pin. So there's no weight on the pin because you push up on the trailer. You pull the rope. Not hard at all. Even I can do it, Pat. It doesn't take. It's not much strength involved. It, the pin releases and you you literally fall off the trailer. Safety, convenience, time by yourself. I think it's probably the most convenient thing on a trailer you can have, um, especially if you're learning as well. But one thing with it, I advise don't rely on it to hold your boat on um, when you're pulling it out of the ramp. I think, I've, I don't know, I've no, I actually haven't heard any stories, but I think just to cover your own butt. They have done tests where they've held boats literally on the, on the latch from their bow. On just the latch. That's yep. how strong they are. Yeah. So, oh, I believe they're strong. I don't know. Just for, my, for me, my own mind. I know what you're the, saying. Did the pin engage properly or... I must admit, I, I just... As soon as I hear it crank through, yep. I just bring it up. So, you just bring it up? The, yeah, so I, um, the componentry is so strong. I believe it is, but I just still don't want my stabby sitting upside downwards. So, there's two sizes, as Aaron said. The small boat catch generally used for four to 5.9 metre boats is about 600 bucks, and the large boat catch is... 
about 850. And they'll hold boats up to nearly 10 metres long, those yep, big ones. Yeah, 6 to 12 metres they're, yep. they're rated at. Um, and it obviously does depend on the weight for, for yeah, each individual boat. Um, plus installation. Now, you would advise that you get a, a professional to install it. Um, but as Aaron said, it's well worth the investment. That was Reg Review. This is Real Adventures. For BF Goodrich Tyres, what are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres and Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. Welcome back to Real Adventures. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show. It's time for the whip around. Jim Credlin joins us from JC's Bait and Tackle in Swan Hill. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, fellas. Uh, we've got a bit of sunshine this weekend for a change. Bit, bit unlike our last weekend, it was pretty uh, pretty dismal. Reports are a bit uh, a bit slow, but um, I did hear that. Um, look, the Yellow Valley um, still on the bite around Mildura, and then uh, downstream of uh, on Wentworth, uh, Wentworth, they're taking um, bait and lures, uh, mainly sort of biblis vibes. Um, back this way, a um, couple of uh, small cod were caught at. Um, at the Nye Forest, uh, they were on the small yabbies, but had a couple of blokes come in on Monday, and um, one they'd never fished um, the, the river before. They were just um, mostly from down south, and they fished uh, fished the ocean. They were staying at the uh, Big Four part of the Riverside Big Four Caravan Park. So I said, "Look, you will catch some fish there." So I gave him some yabbies and worms. Come back on Tuesday, and he'd caught his first cod. In fact, the net he got three of them. So. He went from no cod to three cod in the, in one morning. So um, they ranged between 65 and 67 centimetres. So he was pretty happy. <laughs> uh, before the uh, the closure of the cod season, um, the tips to get into them before they disappear, or we can't fish for them, Jim? No, you, well, you can't you can't target them. Yep. So um, you, you can't uh, you can't be towing one twenty, one fifty, two hundred mil lures behind your boat and making out to try and catch the yellow belly. Uh, if you do, if you do catch them, if you will catch them, and that's just the way it is. It happens every every season during the close season. But you just got to put them back and uh, and wait until uh, wait until December if you want to take a feed. But I'd expect to be fewer about this weekend and next week. Remember, in the last weekend, having the last hit. So um, yeah. What about uh, Yellow Belly? Yeah, look, um, I had, did hear some um, Lake Boga. There's some uh, reasonable good Yellow Belly coming off the uh, the man-made structures that were put in there. They put in about 40, uh, which are wooden structures about a metre by a metre, uh, which a fish habitat. So um, I did hear that um, there was some, uh, some good-sized Yellow Belly coming off that. But once the, we get this warmer weather leading into September... Um, the water temperature will start warming up, and then they'll they'll start getting in a getting on a move. Beautiful work, Jim Credlin from JC's Bait and Tackle in Swan Hill. If you're travelling through Swan Hill, make sure you pop in and say good day to Jim. Thanks, Jim. No worries, fellas. Ciao. Barry Sullivan joins us for Real Brand Apparel. Head to realbrand.com.au for the best apparel when it comes to all things fishing. Redmond. Good morning, Baz. Good day, Patrick. Good day, Aaron. How are we, boys? We're going well. Now, uh, the last day of August is approaching, so the cod season is coming to a close. Uh, tips for the last couple of weeks for the cod and also the Murray spiny cray season ends as well, Baz. 
That's exactly right, Patrick. Um, yes, well, given the conditions, uh, and it's been absolutely freezing up here as it has everywhere, uh, it's, the old, it's actually uh, two real brand hoodie weather and a couple of beanies to keep out there and be comfortable. But uh, the water levels are also up and quite... Um, murky obviously with the rain we've had and the lakes are probably your best bet if you're targeting cod with lure and also the spiny craze. Uh, the craze the best um, bait to use is actually a bullock liver if you can go down to your local butcher and snag one of those that's, that proves to be irresistible for, for Murray craze and if you're trying to catch a cod in the river uh, there's a few guys I've been talking to over the last few weeks and it's been really tough but uh, one guy's had a bit of luck with scrub worms and you basically lightly weight it with split shot and drop it into some of the back eddies in the river and yeah he's been smashed by a couple of big cod so that's probably your best bet in the rivers but other than that uh, big lures out in the lakes is the way to go. Speaking of lures Baz are we talking surface lures still that's something obviously that you fish a lot with Um, does that change with how murky the water is and the visibility for the fish to see the lures? Uh, yeah, especially in the rivers at this time where they're flowing really quickly, it's really tough to get something to come up on the surface. Uh, but out in the lakes, early in the morning and late in the evening, surface lures still work a treat. Uh, I saw a video actually in the last week or so um, where this guy had, had uh, captured this cod and, and he was just bringing the lure in with a slow retrieve on the surface and this cod just came from nowhere and whacked it about a metre from the bank, which is quite often what they do, and it was full on. It was just adrenaline pumping when you're just watching even the video without even having to be there. Baz, cod season closes soon. There has to be something else we've got to chase up there, don't we? Well, there's been a few trout releases, actually. Absolutely, um, and you're on the money, Aaron. Um, in Lake Hume, uh, which is just right near Albury, for those Albury Wodonga, for those who aren't familiar with the area, they've had two significant releases: um, a lot of ten thousand, and then a follow-up lot of twenty thousand brown trout. And these are only you know, singling trout. Uh, but they will really, um, you know, spice up the, the opportunity to catch those over the coming months. Um, and also uh, the ones that have been in the system for quite a while. But I've got a, an upcoming trip, uh, annual trip that I go to Yukonbeen. Uh We stay up at Old Anaminibi and there's been some 5 to 12 pound trout released uh, in three locations up there. And we just can't wait to have a crack at these monsters. There's uh, the three locations are actually Braemar Bay, um, Buckandira, and Old Anaminity, and uh, it's going to be quite exciting to get out there and see if we can get into some of these big fish. Is the uh, is the boat ready for that trip yet, Baz? You've got a stabie on the way, or still on order? Yes, it's on the way. Um, it's still uh, getting fitted out, Patrick, so uh, hopefully it will be here in time. But if not, it'll definitely be getting a run of 1st of December for cod opening. Actually, it's going to be interesting when we... Go on, sorry. No, no, you finish off. I was going to say, um, the, three, the two other guys I go with up to you can be Paddy Murray and uh, Matt Dillon. Uh, we've been having this, we've been going up for years, and we've been having this um, pact that any of us, if we catch a 10-pounder, 
Uh, and quite often, if you uh, know about you can be in September, you quite often get days where it snows. Uh, if we manage to uh, hook up on one of these and bring it into the boat, uh, we've got to nude up and jump in. So we've never had to do it yet, uh, but this may be the first time. So I'm not sure if I'm excited or, or in fear. So we'll see what happens. Beautiful work, Barry Sullivan for Real Brand Apparel. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show, as well as Twitter and Instagram. Now it's time for the Social Club. Thanks to BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for, Patrick? Hi, lads. Aaron talked about the new FI Stratix the other day. However, I passed talking about the size 3000. I'm torn between the 2500 and the 3000 will be mainly used for yellowfin off the beach in York, South Australia. Not uncommon un- uncommon rather for us to get 45 to 50 centimetre fish on light gear for snapper uh, off the boat, band depending. Um, what would you go for? I'm thinking the larger 3,000 uh, for the larger spool as they seem to be exactly the same besides that. Your thoughts on the two? Yeah, Edmund? it's smart. Uh, you've got to fish smart here um, because you might go that bigger spool but you might be running a lighter line class. Sorry, that was from Sean Anthony, by the way. You might be running a lighter line class. And what I mean by that is, um, say, for example, if you're running six-pound line on that rod, the more line that you don't... So you've got to then spool that whole reel pack. The more line you lose on a reel, the harder it is to cast, especially if you're using lighter stuff like he's talking about. Yep. So the, the, more, the less line on your big 3,000 you have... You're going to have to continuously re-spool it to keep it up the top. Yeah. Yep. Where a 2,000 or 2,500 is a smaller spool um, where it won't cost you as much to keep up that maintenance and you're still going to catch the same amount of fish. If you've got a chance of catching bigger fish and you need to have that extra line to land the bigger fish, as in if they do take those extra runs, those 2,500 reels, if you put, I'm going to go with 10-pound braid on it, you're probably holding 200-plus metres. Yeah. That's a lot of line, and I don't think any other than... a serious bycatch is going to take that much line and with the the quality of braids now yep if you if what was a 10 pound braid now the breaking strain on those is probably 15 it's oh it's, it's crazy yeah changed yeah. From- so you can drop right down to your to your line class whatever you want to use but like i said you just want to keep that reel topped up and those that's where the biggest spool could probably hurt you a little bit where this slightly thinner uh the um two and a half thousand which is a narrower spool um, you won't have to top your line. Like when you are going to have to top it up the same amount, but you're not going to have to do the extra 150 metres each time if that's what it's going to take. Jay Eagles, I've got a dumb question for you boys. That's okay. We love dumb questions. We ask them all the time. Can you attach a hose or pipe, a very long pipe, to a snorkel mask uh, that I have to dive for longer? I'm only asking because I've heard or... I'm only asking because you may have heard or seen someone do it before. So I'm assuming he's he's got a snorkel, wants to see if he can add a pipe to it in order to get a bit more uh, depth in his uh, snorkeling capabilities. You dive uh, often, Redmond. Your answer for this? Do you know what my answer for this is? I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but my good mate Google, um, <laughs> I chucked it in there. I dive a lot, and I haven't tried that. And when I, I didn't even know the answer, so it's not that dumb. Well, it might be because I don't know the answer, but it's a good question, I guess. 
But I'd always thought about the air pressure from the start. Air pressure was right first yep. thought about too. Yep. Um, what I've Googled is straight up, can you breathe underwater attached off garden hose? <laughs> you can only go a few, feet, a few feet underwater before you will no longer be able to draw air into your lungs through that hose. The water pressure outside your chest increases rapidly as you go deeper, but the air pressure inside the hose and your mouth will barely change at all. Why, don't, why are you even on this show? We may as well just have Google. What do you want me to say? Yes, you can. Then he goes and hurts himself. No, what I want you to say is pretend like you already knew that information. No, I can't take yours. I can't take credit for Google. If it sometimes I can, but that was I can't just no, it was like a good question. I liked it. Tom Spencer, Aaron, what sort of leader do you use for the rods when you're fishing for whiting? For the rods, for the line, I'm assuming. For the line. Um so uh so it was what size or what line, what brand? What size? What size? So I run for the whiting. If I'm fishing in that strong tide, 15, sometimes 20 pounds, if it's really heavy reef, um, and then out of the tide, or when I say out of the tide, Queenscliff, um, away from the heavy ground up to St. Leonard's, I'm only running probably 12 pound. Now, you use, flight line. you use leader for everything that you do, though. You'll never yeah. just tie your lures or your bait straight to, no. the, to the line. No, because braid, you can actually still see in water, and braid isn't the best at sinking, where your mono will actually um, disappear in water as such. And if you have a red-tinged color um, mono, the first color to disappear in water is red, the deeper it goes. So, for example, when you're diving and you see a snapper in the water, Snapper doesn't look red. Or if you see a goatfish, which is a bright red fish, you can't see it anymore. So red leaders, they say, is technically the best, but the mono also allows stretch. So if you do get a nice fish, you're not having just a direct contact to your hook where it's no stretch. You can rip the lure rip, out, of, rip it out, out of its, it out of yep. out of its mouth. So that's why you, if you are wanting to have that little bit of stretch, which I don't actually, I like to minimize my stretch. I don't like a lot of stretch in the water. So will you reduce the length of your leader because of that? Um some people will go offshore, for example, or chase a snapper. And a lot of people um, who fish, who don't, a lot of people fish mono. They don't fish braid. But those who do fish braid, they actually usually put a 15 meter shock leader on their reel, on their rod. I think that's completely pointless because you might be only fishing 20 meters or 30 meters of water. <laughs> so I don't know. I just don't see the point. So yeah, I only run a meter and 1.5, say, with a, a, a some sort of joiner knot from braid to mono, whether it's an FG or a uni, just so I can go through the tip of the rod. It's the only reason. Perfect work. That is the Social Club. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show to join in the conversation. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres and Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres, Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres, and Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. Now, Redmond, um, we were listening. We, you were, we're glad you're listening because we were listening to that stinger come through these, uh, the old headset, and I'm pretty sure it went about 16 centimetres off my ears. God, you complain a lot. It was loud. Um, I went on a TV last week. Did you see? I did see you went on TV last week. Oh, really excited about it. Worth about eight grand, I think, wasn't it? Yep, I was pretty excited Wait. about it. Because you needed a new TV. <laughs> you actually did need a new TV. No, well, it got me thinking because I was, I was reading through um, the um, Club Marine magazine. You can win a, a six-metre North Bank at the moment. And I was thinking about the, the best things that you've ever won. What's the, the, the greatest thing that you've won in your One life? Because that was the best thing I've ever won. Imagine One winning a boat. <laughs> won $1,000 on a scratchy when I was 13. Did you? Yeah. 
And you, you, and you call yourself unlucky. Oh, I had a heart transplant. God, you want a thousand bucks. All right, it's, t- it's time for Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Visit your New Age Caravan dealer today. Start your summer adventure with a New Age Caravan. Newagecaravans.com.au. Redmond. How's the U? Well, you know, I'm excited. Last segment yeah. of the show. And then your we first can, good uh, game for the week last week. Yeah. Shut up. What's your tip for the week? <laughs> Fair call, though. It's a good game, though. <laughs> you gave Cunnington a touch-up, our mate. Poor oh, Cunnington. Love Benny. You know he's fishing the next day. Yep. He caught trout the next day. Some cracking trout. Red's tip. Stopping the boat from swinging in non-tidal areas and tidal areas. Um, it's coming into snapper season. Yep. Tidal areas? Tidal areas. Um some boats will have cleats on the front of their boat, and some boats will also have um, just a bow rail. Some don't have anything at all. But if you do have the two above, um, if you are sitting one way, um, for example, you, the, the wind's favouring uh, one side a little bit stronger than the tide is, what you can do is actually grab that rope at the front of the boat and tie it off to the one, either side of your bow, and all it does is slightly change the way that you actually sit instead of having to bridle up. So... If you are um, swinging a little bit from side to side because of the wind or the tide hasn't started yet or it's a slow tide or the end of a tide, tie the rope, the actual rope that's in the water. So you've got your winch that comes out the front. Yep. Let some slack out and actually pull it up onto the bow. And like I said, if you've got a cleat there, it's easier. But if not, just tie it onto the bow. And all it does is just creates the angle on the side of the wind that just holds you straight. And you're not going to carry on with the swing anymore. Non-tidal areas? Yeah, so non-tidal areas. So, for example, snapper season um, and offshore as well. Uh Bridling up is the best way to do it. Yeah. But when you put your bridle out, you can lose fish to it if you're not smart. Can we just go through quickly what bridling yep. is? So bridle, you can go to BCF and I think they're 10 bucks. You can buy a yellow plastic clip. Um, looks like a bread clip, but a bit bigger, with a rope that runs from... You need it to run basically from... Probably double the length of your boat to cover your own butt. But you, what you're going to do is you anchor up where you want to anchor. Now... The hard part about this, like I said, we could talk about this all day. I mean, we won't. But when you bridle, your boat actually moves. So when you're anchoring on a mark, it might take a few goes to work out how to do it. I'm not going to cover it right now because we don't have a lot of time left. But when you bridle, you attach that bread clip to your rope on the outside of your boat. You then let the anchor line out in your boat. So the, the rope out like you normally would if you want to let some anchor rope out. And then by favouring the tide, the way the tide's going or pulling. So Popular Bay, there's enough tide to pull your baits either to the side of the boat or even under your boat at times. And you can pull your boat around on anchor nearly all the way around by using his bridle. So you favour the side that it's pulling. So for example, if you're fishing um, on an incoming tide in Popular Bay and you've got a southwesterly wind and the tide's coming in, you want to bridle on your starboard side of the boat. So you let that rope go out, so into the water about five, eight metres, and then you're creating a triangle sort of look in the water, and then that there will pull your boat around to the angle you need it to favour the way that the lines are going. But also, if you're fishing offshore in the bay, it also stops you from swinging because it catches the wind and holds you in a spot and you only move up and back rather than big swing side to side where you have loose line. That's Red's tip for New Age Caravans. It's time for the Flying Gaff for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. Redmond? Um, yeah, I'm going to take it. I'll take it. This week, I was reading back to the start of our show. If you missed it, you can also check it out on um, iTunes. Oh. Uh, you can download any of our shows on the podcast. Now, I was reading Daniel Andrews. We spoke about it at the start of the show completely about how he's just said, come out, and he said, all right, we're fixing Warnable Boat Ramp. He's told us what he's doing, and underneath it, 
there would have been 64,000 comments of people whinging, or when are you going to do this next? Or when are you going to... Just yep. pure negativity. Why don't you send them a private message or something? Just be happy. Just be happy for five minutes that the government are actually trying to work with us to do all this stuff. Which is what we've definitely seen over the last few we, years. We have seen the, it. Yep. I, like, I know some things take longer than others, and it's pain on the backside. But I, 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 look, we've, we've always, seen action. I think they're doing a great job, and I don't even know who he is, Labor or Liberal. I've got no <laughs> idea. But all I know is I'm seeing action. I work close with Fisheries Victoria um, to to help as much as I can for us rec guys. I get a little bit of a say with them with artificial reefs and a few other things and tagging. It's, it's great. I really enjoy doing it. But just shut up and stop commenting on these things of stuff that doesn't even relate to what the person's talking about, irrelevant crap comments. We are very lucky because there's other governments around the shop that are looking to close down certain fishing, which could decimate yes. tourism. So we are certainly lucky for that. This has been Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.